What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 120 of your favorite podcast, The Grodi Podcast. I'm Rose Justin Mahaley, alongside your co-host Brandon Long for our second Grower Die podcast here. Today, we're going to be on the basics. We're going to talk about what happens at the physiological level, at the biochemistry level surrounding protein and amino acid intake. I think inside is going to be really beneficial, really informative for you guys. Have your notepads ready. As always, please, please support the podcast sponsors, Revive Supplements and Raw Supplements. Use code Mahaley at checkout, you guys. We are so close to 450 ratings on this podcast. If you could scroll down to the bottom of the page for me, leave me five stars. I would appreciate you so, so much. Man, I'm excited to talk to you guys about this. I'll see you inside. Today we uh, woke up and it looked like Ohio outside. So that was nice for the first time in, um, when did I move here? August of 2018. It was nice. It was terrible as well as <laughs> fucking sucked. It was a nightmare? You thought yeah, you were yeah, yeah, Megan came in and like opened the, uh, uh, opened up the um, curtain and like the blinds in the room and I was like, it's white outside. <laughs> Why? Am I, am I my sisters? Why? My I, I my mom's right now? What the fuck is this shit, dude? And like the gym shut down early because there's like a half inch of snow. The gym shut down when literally there was a half inch of snow on the ground. And I was like, only in fucking Texas. You know, I remember when it snowed, um, Back in, in 19, 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one time, one I, day. For I, lived like, you, I lived here then. Yeah, for like two hours. Mm-hmm. And there was no snow <laughs> anywhere sticking. But, dude, the entire downtown just shut down. I'm pretty sure they did like a, a snow day for school. They so literally did. They oh, did. oh, 100% they, they did. did. Yeah, because yeah. they didn't want people driving to school in the snow. I remember that shit. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is the softest fucking thing I have ever <laughs> seen in my life. One inch in Texas is Dude, equivalent to a foot. It's unbelievable. Anywhere like in, in Ohio, I remember having like six, seven inches and shit. And you fucking, you're still going to get school canceled. <laughs> I remember, I remember walking to and from school up fucking hill with my toes busted out of my shoes in the snow covered terrain because the buses couldn't get us and no, i'm just kidding that's just what my grandpa used to say though but it really was that bad actually um when was that i would have been maybe a freshman in high school and i rode the fucking bus i was one of the bus kids it explains a lot about me that's why i'm immune <laughs> to the coronavirus because i rode the bus growing up the back of the bus uh, the back of the bus yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the dirtiest part <laughs> that's where all the smooching happens yeah. i wasn't getting smooched, Not you. but other people were <laughs> i didn't have a beard i didn't have any fucking biceps <laughs> fuck dude no beard no biceps no kisses <laughs> no beard no biceps no booty <laughs> but um I remember the snow was really bad, and uh, I lived in a super hilly neighborhood, and it was literally called Forest Hills because it was like a neighborhood that was built in the middle of a hilly forest. Um, and I remember the, the the bus driver like called the house, and she was like on the other street. The bus wouldn't come up the hill on the other street. It was stuck. Yeah, so she was calling all the kids. Well, she could go back. She could like reverse back to another road, but she was calling all the kids to see like if they could meet her there because she can't get up. Right. And like she, there's no round way. That was the shortest, that was the less, the least steep hill. Uh, it's like get access to the rest of the neighborhood. So I remember I had to walk like two fucking streets over. I mean, it was fucking freezing. How old were you? And I was a freshman in high school. So it's not like it was like like I was a young kid fucking, you know, out exploring. But you looked like you were 10. But yeah, it looks like I was fucking 10, (laughs) that's for sure. But dude, I like, I just remember like walking in this treacherous wind, just smashing your fucking skull. And dude, it just sucked so bad. So people in Texas, 
Harden the fuck up. This shit's easy. We did not need to close anything today. I mean, we missed our leg day. That is the whatever. worst news of the whole the entire week. The worst news of the entire fucking week, but I have great news. Let's hear it. Tomorrow, flying to Miami first thing in the morning to watch Ohio State win the goddamn national championship. That is great news. When you guys hear this podcast, I'll be on a plane. And I'm on my game face on. I'm... I have a speech ready. Well, you know what? So the seats we have are really close to the field. Mm -hmm. So I'm just envisioning, and it's like, this is my hero moment. Mm -hmm. They're running into the tunnel, and Ryan Day sees how locked up I am, and he points up to me, and he says, come down here and deliver the pregame speech. Oh, I'm ready. You're ready. I'm ready. I know everything I'm going to say. Men! <laughs> men! Listen up right here. All eyes on me, men. We're going to four to six A to B, as fast as you can. And when you get to B, when you get to six, I want you to hit as hard as you can. I'm fired up. I know, are you ready? I'm ready to that, fucking that, play that's right That's the now. intro. Like, I have a few other parts that I'm running through. But yeah, I'm going I'm, to I'm start off. That's just the warm-up. Yeah, yeah, that's just the warm-up. And you know, I'm going to say something about you got to put on for Buckeye Nation or something. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm part of it. Like, I didn't even go to school there. I wasn't smart enough to get in. But I'm Buckeye Nation, bro. Mm -hmm. Buckeye Nation is fucked. You better make sure that Justin is locked in. Dude, I will make sure that my quarterback is locked in. Honestly, if he's not, I'll take over. Dude, give me the ball. Honestly, <laughs> 290 pounds come around the fucking side. I'm not even that fast, but fuck. Not even enrolled. I'm, I'm not even enrolled. I got two years of eligibility. I quit after my sophomore year. I'm fucking good, dude. Different school, though. I might get a tud. Different school. Whatever. Just clear through the NCAA clearinghouse real quick. I, I get a tud in the National Championship games to so make sure I have your eyes peeled. I'm probably not going to put pads on. They probably don't have any that fit very well. So watch out. Might score a fucking touchdown. I woke up, well, I, I woke up this morning and the fucking 3XLs didn't even fit anymore. Is your jersey going to fit? Fucking hope. Fucking better. If not, I'll buy another one, I guess, tomorrow for the fucking game. You have to. But I haven't fucking tried it on. I, I texted Dom, you know, because I like we're revived to the gym every day because whenever we get content and stuff, like it covers my fucking posts that I have to make monthly. Mm -hmm. And I texted Dom. I was like, dude, I got a huge issue. None of the 3Xs that Raw or Revive semi fit anymore. And so... Tomorrow, my dude John, who handles all the uh, athlete stuff for Reviver, he's going to send me out some. Uh, Dom said, I'm going to have him send out all the four X's we have. Nice. So that'll That's be good news good. for me because that means yeah. I'm probably going to be receiving some smaller shirts. Yeah, yeah. AKA three X's. Yeah, you're going to be smaller receiving shirts. The, the three X's yeah. that you swim in. But yeah. dude, let's fill them out. Goal shirts. Easy. I, I remember I, I used to, I told that to the uh, podcast before quite a while ago. I used to wear like three XLs and shit. Yeah. When I like wasn't even close to filling them out. Mm -hmm. I was like, one day, one day I'm going to fill this out. One day it's not going to be able to fill. Well, fuck, dude. I guess today was the day. Jesus Hell yeah. Christ. Man. I've been doing that with underwear for years. <laughs> <laughs> You stuffed your underwear and it's like, man, one day, one, one day. day it's going to be that big. One day these larges are going to fit. <laughs> Damn, I've been doing mediums. <laughs> That's fucking wild. Larges, holy shit. He's got goals, fam. <laughs> what I want to talk to you about today is, um, you know, obviously the title of the podcast is Beyond the Basics and we're discussing protein, you know. I think proteins, we all understand the basics. It's, you know, it's broken down the body as amino acids. Amino acids are the building blocks of all uh, tissues uh, within the body, obviously. Um, you know, it's it's needed for enacting muscle protein synthesis, needed for nitrogen retention, blah, blah, blah. We all know all that stuff by now, I hope. When you're trying to grow, protein is by far your most important macronutrient. I, I have no idea where, like, this carb galore. Like, people love focusing on carbohydrates. And I have no idea where this came from. To build tissue. Like, to, to, to build tissue. That makes what no the sense. fuck is a carbohydrate <laughs> doing to build new muscle tissue? 
What carbohydrates do is they do provide a pretty anabolic effect, um, you know, during a dieting phase when the muscle is filled with them because it kind of spares amino acids for energy. Um, you know, it, it, it allows you to have greater performance in the gym, more explosive output in the gym, you know, all that stuff. Um, but the only anabolic effect carbohydrates have is, like I said, sparing amino acids for energy. But when you're in a growth phase, like you're probably going to be in a caloric surplus. You should. So, yeah, I mean, you fucking should be. Jesus Christ. So, like, we don't really have to worry a ton about amino acids being utilized for energy. Like, your body's not, your body's not low enough in nutrients. And honestly, like, it's very metabolically inefficient for your body to mobilize protein, force it to undergo gluconeogenesis, and then utilize it for energy. Like, it's not an efficient uh, way for the metabolism to function, right? It's... Like it, it does that when you're really lean in a contest prep and all the other macronutrients are, you know, more scarce or uh, fewer and further between, if you will. Like that's kind of when that happens. So like, I don't know where this carb galore came from, but like pr protein is what builds tissue and protein is what drives nitrogen higher and protein is what allows our muscle protein synthesis to, you know, uh, optimally perform. And, you know, having a bolus of protein is what, you know, gives your body a stimulus. Hey, it's okay to build new tissue. You know, I have a lot of resources here to build new tissues. The carb galore is very misplaced. Like people focus on it so much. And honestly, like how many carbs you doesn't have that much to do with metabolic efficiency. It's, I don't know, like, like people want to like push bikini girls, like four or five, you know, 600 carbs. Like, I'm not saying I don't have girls who eat that, but fuck, like, that's not my goal for anybody. Like, that's miserable. Like eating that much food sucks. You know, I've already explained to you guys pancreas sensitivity, like why this matters, why a bolus of carbohydrates all the time is really, really bad. Why people struggle, get, struggle getting in, uh, you know, the dieting phases after having a massive bolus of carbohydrates because their pancreas isn't very sensitized, um, you know, to the insulogenic response and, and you know, to the way that it, um, you know, puts carbohydrates to use inside the body. Essential fats. Essential fats are the second most important nutrients here behind protein, and then carbohydrates would be third. Um, you know, again, we're talking about we're talking about in a caloric surplus. Um, you know, in a dieting phase, honestly, it's going to stay the same for me just because of you know the endocrine system response has uh, you know everything to do with essential fats. Even you know, even if you're an enhanced athlete, like there's still a lot that you know your your um, your dietary fats. Uh, they, they still have a huge role here. Okay. Now we can get away with much lower dietary fats when you're an enhanced athlete. Uh, we just can't, um, we like our endocrine systems, not functioning based off of your fat intake. It's functioning based off what we're, you know, injecting into your body or taking orally or whatever. But dude, I don't know The I know I've talked to you guys about so many times, like the whole thing with carbohydrates is just so weird. Like it's, it's so strange. And like, it's always like, what's wild to me is like, you, you, you never really see, it's never like the super muscular women or the super muscular men who are talking about the carb intake. It's always everyone else. I feel like people are either doing too much carbs or yeah. just absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, never, like, like, like there's no in between. Yeah. And it's like, it's, I mean, quite frank, it's like kind of frustrating, but you know, if you're on really high carbs for month on end on end, um, you know, over and over again, like you're not, you, your insulin can only be 
your insulogenic response only be so sensitive uh, to what you're doing. And, and, you know, insulogenic response, I know not near enough people kind of focus on it the way that it needs to focus on. But that literally dictates if the nutrients you're taking in are being sent to the places we want them sent to, which is where they're going to be utilized for physique perform, uh, physique enhancement, performance, building tissue, repairing your nervous system, repairing soft tissue, um, connective tissue, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, you know, we want nutrients being shuttled to the right place and we want nutrients being utilized properly in the body. Well, that all comes down to your insulogenic response. Um, so constantly driving carbs, 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 carbs. Like, dude, honestly, it's a stupid practice. It's not intelligent. Like, fuel your athletes with what they need, not what looks good on an Instagram story. And like, I'm only eating 320 carbs in my coach, but you're eating 600. Like, I need to go to your coach. Like, only idiots think that way. It's the low hanging fruit. Right. It's 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 the low hanging fruit client that like buys into that. Um, it you know it's. It's misplaced, quite frank. So as you know, as a consumer, you know I want to make sure that we're being smarter too. Um, you get to eat more food. I'm gonna go to your coach. Yeah, like like, like literally, like no, who wins? Yeah, who wins? Like go, go to who's fucking winning? Right, and winning at a high fucking clip. Like that's kind of what makes sense. Carbohydrates fuel performance. Period. Anything beyond performance, we don't really need them for. It. Mm-hmm. And I say that again in a caloric surplus, we're like you know your your, your cognitive functioning uh, through carbohydrates is gonna be pretty fucking optimal because you're in a surplus. Dude, carbohydrates hydrates fuel your training right that's jeez fucking christ i I mean i can't reiterate enough it's so energy source yeah it's just it's literally the easiest energy source nothing beyond that it's it's not that fucking great the focus on the male side of things or a lot of the um you know larger females that come to me um Oftentimes, it's it's about gear and what are we going to do with anabolics and how are we going to synergistically work anabolics with growth hormone and insulin and all that stuff. Look, all that stuff's really, really, really easy, okay? That's not where the focus needs to be. If you have a coach who understands pharmacology, those items are really easy to manipulate and they're going to serve their purpose really fucking well, okay? You're probably overthinking your gear to, like, to be 100% with you. Um, it's... When, you, when, when, when you're taking these things, we're taking growth hormone, we're taking insulin, taking anabolics, you know, all of these items work synergistically. Anabolics alone, you know, has a certain effect. Let's say that effect is 10. And then you add in insulin and it takes that effect up to 12 and a half. You add growth hormone and it takes that effect up to 14 and a half, right? I don't even know what these, what 10, 12 and a half, 14 and a half mean. It's just, that's kind of the, that's the compounding synergistic effect that they have. If you take just growth hormone, it's not going to have a huge effect on building muscle. You think, you know, just insulin, it's not going to have a massive effect. It's all synergistic, right? Well, for these things to reach their full potential, you need to have a huge protein intake. The way that anabolics work inside the body to build tissue is they drive nitrogen very, very, very high, much higher than what you can get, um, you know, without the exogenous hormone. Well, if you're not providing your body what it needs to be able to drive the nitrogen that high, which the only thing that drives nitrogen is amino acids, is full amino acids, which is from protein intake. If you're not giving that to your body in a bolus, then your nitrogen, then you're, I mean, honestly, you're, you're not fulfilling the max um, that you can get out of your cycle. Like, you know, Kai, Kai Green's pretty, no, you know, it's Kai Green, so like over 700 grams of protein a day. Jesus. 
And like he doesn't eat very many carbohydrates like at all, which is, I mean, he looks fucking insane, right? But he's like low key. He does like, he does like a bodybuilder keto diet. Now it's a bodybuilder keto diet. Well, the actual keto diet, like protein is like low moderate, right? Mm. But like bodybuilder, I, I know the only reason I call it bodybuilder keto is like so many bodybuilders call it keto because it's no carb. Like it's not, it's not keto. Right. Like at all, that's not what it means. But he'll do like high fats, really high protein and really low carb. You know, for him, it works well. I mean, yeah, dude, you take 700 grams of protein in a day with a big anabolic cycle. Like, dude, you are Holy going shit. to, I mean, you're, yeah, you're going to blow up. Right. You know, the issue is like mine's at like 490 a day right now. Um, I, it would not be possible to get another gram down. Like it's how much can you handle? Right. Like how much can your digestion handle now in a few weeks? I'm sure I'll be able to handle a little bit more. We go up over 500. We see even more growth from it. But like, have you noticed over the last like six weeks, like we've bumped my protein so much and like, there's been 20 pounds put on in the last six weeks. Well, I mean, fuck, dude, you can kind of point to one thing like the protein intake's gone up. Yeah. The overall food's gone up, but what's building new tissue like when i compare progress pictures week over week it's like there's very apparent new tissue being built there well very i mean 490 you know i'm two i was 289 this morning like 490 grams of protein that's a shit ton of protein um you know brand when brand was in prep you were like 175 eating like 400 right and like your performance wasn't declining that bad no not at all like well there's a reason for that like it, it was also it was your first real cycle too, which is a big deal. Which was a lot but of fun, dude. You were probably like, you were probably growing tissue when we whenever we weren't using DMP, you were growing tissue, a hundred percent. I wasn't. I didn't lose any strength until None. probably I don't know maybe a week out. Yeah, and like it was around the time we brought in the diuretics. Yeah, and shit. Like mm-hmm. yeah, that's when strength declined. But then right um, after that. We were right shot back up. at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah shot up. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, it's it's like the proofs in the pudding across the board. I mean, I remember, um, man, I had Katie Younger eating a shit ton of protein. I had Ashley Ayul eating a shit ton of protein. Um, I, uh, man, a, a majority of my clients just eat a lot of protein. You know, protein in a contest prep phase, it has much more, well, you know, in any phase, it has a huge metabolic effect, much more than any other macronutrient. Um, it, you know, it has a high thermic effect. So it kind of raises your body's temperature um, when a lot of protein is being ingested. Well, whenever your body's temperature raises, your, your metabolism raises with us. Why um, like a drug like DMP is so beneficial. That's why a drug like T3 is so beneficial because they actually drive your body temperature up. Um, so it forces uncoupling of energy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we increase protein and oftentimes we can see an increase in other macronutrients too, due to the extreme thermic effect of the protein. It's almost like it opens up, um, like leeway for more to be taken in without body fat accrual happening, which is like really fucking cool. Right. So like, if you know how to use your protein properly, toggle your protein properly, then it's going to be really, really good. There's, there's also, um, as alluded to earlier, I mean, dude, there's a massive correlation, a massive correlation. Like look at Kai Green and I have some other numbers to some other people. There's a massive correlation between how much protein you can consume and how much muscular growth you get. I know Rami was eating like over 600 grams um, during his Olympia prep. Like, look at fucking Rami. You know, like, I'm not saying you're going to eat that and look like them. Like, they're still genetic freaks. Like, I know guys who eat over five, six hundred grams of protein a day and they look like dog shit, right? Their genetics suck. And honestly, I'm pretty sure they have bunk gear. (laughs) To be 100% with Mm -hmm. you. But, like, like you, the, the more protein you can handle, 
the more you're going to grow. I mean, I have, um, I have girls. I mean, I'm thinking just all the time ahead. Like, I know Erica Childress seats like two ten or two twenty a day. Wow. Um, she's 148 pounds, maybe. Like, you don't dude, just start I, out doing no, no. So, kind of how that works. Um, like tapering up is like if you start. Let's say right now you have six ounces of protein per meal. And you want to get that up to like nine ounces per meal. So, you know, you do six ounces, assess your digestion, assess what's going on. Um, how's your progress been? Once progress, once your rate of progress isn't to where like every week you see changes in your pictures and performance, bump it up to six and a half ounces. Assess your digestion, assess your picks. If you think there's more, bump it up to seven. Like you'll go from six to seven in like one month. Assess your pictures, assess your performance. Once new tissue growth kind of slows down a little bit week over week, add in more, go to seven and a half, eight, eight and a half, nine. So now in a three and a half, four month span, you just added 80, 90 grams of protein per day, maybe more, maybe like 100, 100 grams of protein a, a, a day with no digestive issues much higher thermic effect of food from that protein. So your carbohydrates and fats can go higher as well. 700 a week. That's huge. That's huge. That's massive. That's so much more room for muscle protein synthesis capability for intramuscular nitrogen levels, which like, like the intramuscular nitrogen levels, that is what essentially dictates how much muscle you can grow and how fast you can put it on. You know, some people are very genetically gifted here and they have extremely high nitrogen. Naturally, you add some exogenous hormone to it. It shoots up even higher. Like dude, fulfill that, you know, fulfill that with your protein intake. Like that's what dictates it. Protein amino acids, drive your nitrogen, your intramuscular nitrogen, and your intramuscular nitrogen drives up, your capability to put on muscle drives up. I mean, it's that simple, you guys. It's really, really that simple. Now, this is bio-individual and everyone, so having like set protein requirements as a coach is a really stupid idea. Um, it probably just means they're not really paying attention or they don't understand the importance of protein. Like, I mean, there's coaches who are like, I won't go over 150 grams of protein for a girl. Well, you know, you're leaving a lot on the table. Like, that's not a good way to, like, view things and, and you know, think of things. What what works for that client? What is this client's biofeedback showing you right now in real time? I mean, dude, if I had a girl who could handle 280 grams of protein, I'm giving her 280 fucking grams of protein, she's going to grow better. Absolutely. If I have a dude who can handle 600 grams of protein, I'm giving him 600 grams of protein, he's going to grow better. Exactly. Like, you have to be a little uncomfortable in your diet, right? Like... I mean, I know every time I have a, a, a whole meal, finishing the protein requirement is, like, hard. Like, it's difficult. I'm like, yeah, like, you don't feel that fucking great. And you, you know, yeah, it's, it's way easier to down an extra 50 grams of rice than it is an ounce or two ounces of protein. Like, mm -hmm. of course it is. But work yourself up to the point where you can handle it without digestive issues, where it gets easier to get down every single time, where, you know, week over week, you're able to maybe build a little bit more or just be more comfortable in the, the, the range you're at now before adding more. We want to drive, we want to find that maximal protein limit that you're able to handle. 
okay? So, pro, so progressing protein, titrating protein up, it's slow and steady. It's a tool. So use as much. I, I truly believe. I see people go through improvement seasons. Like Brandon's in his first improvement season right now. Like he's hardly on, he, he's on a, a very low dose of TRT for drugs. Um, I mean, your protein's what, 400? Yeah, like 400 right now. 425. So it's like double what his body weight is, a little more than double what his body weight is. And like on that extremely small cycle, a very low in TRT. Like, he's growing really fucking well. I mean, the logbook gets to be every week. Every week. Like, your pictures look better every mm-hmm. week. Like, mm-hmm. everything looks better every week. I feel week great. Across the board. Yeah, and like, you feel good. Yeah, I feel big. Feel yeah. full. Yeah. And, like, I mean, honestly, carbs are pretty low compared to like where they could be. They haven't moved since the day after the show. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you're growing just fine. So yeah. it's like, it's a tool. Steady 300. Right? Like, and that fucking amazing? Like, bikini girls pay attention. My. My light heavyweight bodybuilder is eating 300 grams of carbs a day and growing like a fucking weed. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Since the day after the show. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I truly believe the first biggest downfall and improvement phase is just time. Um, people never take long enough improvement phase. Like, dude, I've been in one 14 months. Like, no, it's not like fun not competing every year, but like I compete to win. Like, dude, I haven't lost in four fucking years. Like, I'm I'm planning on making that five. I feel like, like that's the issue. People just get the yeah. issue, you know, throw that tan back on. Yeah, they get sick. Get of on stage, fat, they, looking fat. Yeah. They get they third place, mm-hmm. and like then it's like the same as last year. Like, dude, winning's worth it. Winning is worth it. In an improvement phase, take your fucking time. You don't have to compete every year. I mean, I haven't competed in 14 months, and I'm pretty sure I'm still, uh, people still view me as a competitor. Right. You know, like, you, you really don't have to. So the first, the number one item is is time. Number two is protein intake. People really hold themselves back greatly within this protein intake. Um, and, and, you know, how high they're willing to push it, how much they really leave on the table. I don't think you realize the amount of muscle tissue growth you're leaving on the table by not having high enough protein intake. Eat, 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 like eat as much protein as you can get in without having digestive issues. If you don't think your protein is high enough, it's like, I, 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 honestly, to be 100% with you, I look around, I, I see plans from everyone, right? Like, usually from like the bodybuilding coaches who have, you know, similar mentalities as me, I'll see people come over with adequate protein intake. And like the people who like aren't really bodybuilding coaches, like more so influencer coaches, the protein intake is always very low. And I'm like, God, you guys just don't pay attention to the anecdote, right. do you? Mm-hmm. You're never taking an anecdote. You're just doing it for clout. Mm-hmm. Like, you're if not you're, truly trying to grow. That's the no, problem. no. It, it, like, assess, you know, assess what you're doing. Assess how much protein you're having. Assess, you know, last, when's the last time you changed your fucking protein intake? Um, like, you're leaving progress on the table by not eating as much. So, bikini girls, Men's physique, guys, you guys specifically stop focusing on your carbohydrate intake. See how high you can get that fucking protein intake, dude. You really want to improve? You want to improve? Push that goddamn protein. Carbohydrates are doing nothing for you to become a better fucking athlete. Jesus Christ. You want to push your muscles to grow, you got to push the protein. Yeah. yeah. Literally, I, like, I believe there's a very strong correlation. A very strong. The more protein you can eat, the bigger you can grow. And I see a lot of scrawny bikini girls eating 600 grams of carbohydrates got to grow force that fucking protein now when dieting for a show as people get leaner and leaner over time without a diet change commonly i find this a good time to add in protein so let's say 
You have three straight check-ins with me. We haven't changed food. We haven't changed output. You get leaner every check-in. I'm going to bump up your protein. Number one, obviously, this is giving you more nitrogen uh, capabilities, giving you more muscle protein synthesizing capabilities, but it's adding calories in as well. It's adding calories to your day. Well, there's a metabolic effect of this coupled with the metabolic effect of, you know, the protein, um, you know, being, ha having the highest thermic effect. Um, like th this is very, very popular. We can increase the calories and usually you increase protein first and this person still gets leaner in that next week. Well, then you can increase carbohydrates or fast just a little bit. And I bet they still keep getting leaner. Well, it's because of the metabolic effect of that protein. I mean, dude, it's simply just toggling and playing with, the, with, with the metabolism. Um, what item that I run into often like Q and A's and stuff, people ask, you know, you're a proponent for high protein, pushing protein intake, you know, finding your maximum limit. What about gluconeogenesis? Well, let me explain gluconeogenesis is when your body mobilizes amino acids, which can only come from your muscle tissue. It's the only place amino acids are stored, mobilizes amino acids into the bloodstream, um, converts it to glycogen and utilizes it as a carbohydrate. Yes, there will be some glucose production from extremely high protein intake. This, it's a byproduct. But this is much different. It's a much different physiological effect than taking a pancreas spiking carbohydrate. What do I mean by that? Whenever you ingest any sort of carbohydrate, fructose, um, sucralose, um, any, anything at all, there's going to be an insulin spike that occurs within your body. This isn't a bad thing. You know, it's something that it forces your pancreas to respond to, and that's where the insulinogenic spike comes from. Well, like I said, it's not a bad thing, but you know, like when you're dieting or when you're trying to stay in a very insulin sensitive state, um, trying to focus on your nutrient partitioning, this isn't really conducive to that goal inherently. So like this is going to be very, very, very subtle. You're not really going to, you're not going to see any spike of insulin. You're not going to see any spike of blood glucose when you're undergoing gluconeogenesis. Um, that doesn't mean that like we don't account for it, but it's just, it's vastly different than intaking and ingesting and having to break down and mobilize an actual carbohydrate. Uh, you know, the body created this, this amino acid chain from, or this uh, glycogen chain from an amino acid, um, it, it, there, there, there's not really an insulogenic response at all. So like, that's not a huge deal. And your body also really only does that when it's perform when it needs it for performance, right? So like, there's not going to be a huge insulin spike. It's likely going to be used around performance time. It's just, it's not a big deal. Like that's not, you're not going to not get in shape from a show because your gluconeogenesis from protein was too high rather than just having a higher carbohydrate count. So let's say Brandon was dying for a show. He was on 400 protein. He was on 50 carb. Well, let's say, you know, yeah, you can argue. What if we pull protein down hundred grams we had 100 grams of carbohydrates and it's the same caloric intake between the two macronutrients, but we can shut down gluconeogenesis. So what I'm saying is that extra 100 grams of actual carbohydrate makes your insulogenic response in your body much more prevalent and apparent than what the gluconeogenesis from the 400 grams of protein and the 50 grams of carbohydrate takes in. 
Well, when insulin spikes up, we can't burn body fat with high insulin levels. Okay, so that insulin spikes. Not like you're even in a cutting phase, um, in any sort of uh, catabolic phase. Not like you're burning body fat all day. Like you go through periods, right? Um, your body's constantly, even in a caloric surplus, you have bouts of you know catabolic um, um, uh, processes that are going on inside your body. Like when you're training, for example. Or if you ever like feel hungry during a caloric surplus, you probably a little bit of ca um, catabolism going on. That's not going to be why you don't get in shape for a show. It's because you have gluconeogenesis grain from protein. Right. I can promise you that. No one ever lost a show because my protein intake was too high for me to drop body fat. <laughs> like if you did, then your coach is an idiot and didn't realize how to fucking taper your protein, <laughs> like quite frank. So... Something else that, that I, I want to kind of retouch on from like, you want to have a great response carbohydrates year round. Like you want to be partitioning nutrients. We don't want storage. We want energy being pushed and used. Um, how we need, which is can do, how is it most conducive for us? How's this energy going to be utilized that makes us a better bodybuilder? Well, carbohydrates used for filling out a muscle, fats used for endocrine system functioning, protein used for amino acid storage. All right. We stay in that and we get really efficient, really good with that. If carbohydrates are not pushed too high, and if we are controlling our blood glucose and our insulin spikes from the carbohydrates and the fats, like plain or from protein and fats, protein and fats are very stable. What do I mean by that? Like when you take in, when you ingest protein and fats, there's not a big insulinogenic response that happens there. So you're pretty safe with those year round. Now, yeah, we don't want to out eat our body's needs for fats drastically. Um, we just, we just don't because if, I mean, if you're overeating fat, what's going to get stored as fat? Like anyone who like doesn't understand very simple thermodynamics of the human body, like most of the keto zealots out there, like they literally think you just like eat a little bit of protein, majority fat, and then you like burn all this fat. No, you're burning fat because that's the only thing you're ingesting. Mm -hmm. Like the only thing your body has to ingest. And guess what? It's being replaced by more fucking fat. Mm -hmm. Like the keto cells are honestly the worst. I'm, I'm so glad I'm fucking off Twitter and away from those idiots. Like I never really see them <laughs> on my Instagram. I think they go to my Instagram. We'd absolutely petrify to say anything about it. But dude, they're, they're stupid. Um, something I do to help in an improvement phase sometimes um, I have a client check in, uh, blood glucose a little high. I've been pushing food for a little bit. Um, I'll have a client check in and, um, you know, I, I, I'll tell them, you know, pull carbohydrates down by 50% this week or, um, pull carbohydrate, replace your carbohydrates with veggies for just the next couple of days. Um, just allow your body just a break from the, con from the consistent insulogenic responses. Um, usually I'll see an amazing effect from this. Usually they feel way better. Their digestion gets way better. Their brain, their, their mental clarity gets way better. Their bowel movements are much more conducive. Um, their training actually improves. Their sleep improves. Um, they come back after that phase where I pull down carbohydrates, they add them back in and their training looks better. Usually they'll lose like four or five pounds. Um, you know, depending on the body weight, um, um, in the individual, if I do that for a week, they'll usually drop about four or five pounds. Um, like it's, it's pretty across the board, right? Someone is like over 230, 240, probably lose a little bit more. Someone is under like two or 130 or something, probably lose a little bit less. Like everyone in between 130, 240, kind of lose around the same. Right, but they come back and they add the carbohydrates back in and that scale moves back up and they look tighter than they did just a little bit ago. Well, we increased the nutrient partitioning. 
which therefore, even that really short phase, we increase their body composition, right? That kind of makes sense. And so it's something that I found really, really, really beneficial. And w w one thing that I, I think we always need to think about, like we always need to keep tools in the toolbox. It's like you're maxing out carbs. You got fucking, you're a dude and you got, you got 1,100 fucking carbs a day, right? Where the fuck do you go from there? Why? There's Why? nowhere that you go from there. Mm -hmm. You can't go any higher. You're a female, you got 500. You literally, where are you going to go? Go there if you have to. Yeah, if you absolutely have to right. for the shortest amount of time, period. Right. Where are you going to go from these places? You always want to be able to have tools that you can use at your disposal. If we have the entire toolbox emptied and we're not within two weeks out from a show, then we have poor coaching going right. on. Like we have nothing. I feel like else a lot of contest do. prep clients are scared to ask those questions. Like, oh, one hundred percent. Why are why yeah. are we pushing so hard? Right yeah, hundred percent. Why are we emptying toolbox right, right now? now? Like yeah. you feel like the fucking gauntlet's been unloaded, and it's like, oh shit, I'm twelve weeks out from a show. Like this sucks. Yeah. I mean, look at fucking Ty, our training partner. Like he yep. was like last time, um, we just started prep two weeks ago. I think he's down maybe ten pounds, nine pounds, something in two weeks. Last time, and he's eating, uh, he's eating over 4,200 calories a day. The last time he started, it's probably 16 weeks out, and his food went to 1,500 calories and cardio to like 90 minutes or 120 minutes a day, like right off the rip. Like, where do you go from there? No, you you have no tools uh -huh. you can use. Like, you're Card done. Yeah, cardio is another tool, same exact yeah, thing. You're, you're done at that point. Right. Like, the only thing you can play with is anabolics and. Mm -hmm. You know, it, I, don't, I don't think the anabolics will run very well based off what the diet and cardio looks like. Like, Ty I'm, looks I'm really sure. good. Already. Yeah, yeah, and Ty looks really good. He's going to be tough to fucking beat this year, so I'm really excited about and that. And like you were saying, his strength is still yeah. skyrocketing. Yeah, because his food's so high. Mm -hmm. Like, at the higher we can keep that food, the better gym performance he has, the more muscle he's going to keep on to. Yeah. yeah, and, oh, he's definitely building yeah. tissue right now. I mean, he's beating the logbook every week, mm -hmm. even since we started prep. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's been really good to see him kind of morph right now. Um, so you push carbs high, you push fats high, uh, you don't worry much about protein in the off season. Well, this is the easiest way to see scale progress, but is that actually making you a better bodybuilder? Well, it depends. You got to look week over week. It's probably not honestly. Um, you know, right now the scale's going up for me a ton, but Jesus Christ, I go in the gym and I touch a weight that I hit. You know, my top set weight last week's like a warm up set this week. You know, mm -hmm. like things are obviously changing at a very high clip. Like I've truly I've I've never trained with someone as strong as I am right now. And like, dude, that feels fucking good. So things are obviously working. Right. Like things are working really fucking well. Well, and that's I, where you want to get. Right. In the off season, I feel like the log looks more important. Than oh scale. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like I mean, right now yeah. I'm beating every lift by like ten to twenty percent of what I did last week. Right. Like there's muscle being built. Of course. Like there has to be a shit ton of muscle being there's built. There's nothing else for us to do. No, yeah, yeah. The, nothing fucking else is is, is even applicable. Mm -hmm. Like that's where you want to be. We're pushing protein high. I want what, 490 protein, um, like 915 carb and 175 fat uh, daily right now. <laughs> and yeah, well, and, and on my rest days, but on rest so days, carbs go down to 600. Which goes like, but you might think that's super high, but you have to remember I'm 289 pounds as of this morning. So like, it's it's high food for sure, but honestly, kind of everyone is around that size. Mm -hmm. No one's maintaining 290 without that much food. 
Like I get up, I, I get up from the fucking bed and I like walk outside and I'm burning energy. Like mm-hmm. it, it takes so much calories to like keep that moving up. Watching right? you put on your shoes is, is kind it's of hard. It's, kind it's of hard. Yeah, yeah. I get out of breath you pretty do. bad. <laughs> That's the first set. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, it's miserable. <laughs> but to reiterate as well, PEDs work best with extremely high protein in, uh, intake. So the higher you can push your nitrogen through your diet, the better these proteins are going to work for you. Okay, I have two final notes here. Number one, when protein gets pretty high, I like using fermented foods um, like kombucha, sauerkraut, um, pickled um, um, pickled things. Um, it's good. It's, it's, it's good to use fermented foods. Very good for your gut biome, your 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 uh, um, your good bacteria, bad bacteria down in your gut. Pro, alongside probiotics, very good because when protein intake gets really, really, really high, it's gonna have some sort of an effect on gut flora, and we just we always want to make sure digestion is somewhat good. Okay. Um, my last note is oftentimes I'll push protein really high in people, and they'll just like abuse the shit out of chicken, right? You have to eat so much. You have to chicken. eat so much chicken, and for some reason, I I don't have an answer to it. Um, I mean, anecdotally, and ninety percent of people who like abuse chicken daily, they develop an intolerance to it, and they you know they they end up getting gut biome issues or di- just digestive issues from how much chicken they're consuming. Like use a blend of foods. You know, use fish, fish, beef, whey eggs everything like everything you possibly can like to be honest right now i get a little more than half of my daily protein intake i get like 55 percent of my daily protein intake from whey it's just easy it's what works best i don't have a massive appetite i kind of talked about this in my instagram post the other day my physique update it's just it's just what works right now. I mean, you, you do too. Yeah, mine's almost sixty. Yeah, yeah, like you get sixty percent of your protein intake from the whey. Also, like, dude, it's fine. Like, it works. Yeah, like we're growing really fucking well. It's eating insane. so much chicken like that, my stomach, I yeah. can feel it. Like, when oh, I eat too awful. much in a sitting, if I eat like twelve ounces yeah. in a sitting, yeah, I could feel. And it, it doesn't feel good. No, my stomach is saying, "Fuck you, yeah, don't do this again." And, and the gastric emptying too. You know, that's something we always want to take into account. Like, that's why, um, like, you know. Your food sources pre and post workout are so important because you, you don't want to eat something that takes a long time for your for your gut to uh, empty out before your training session. You're gonna be sluggish and immobile during your training session. Well, gastric emptying is important all fucking day. So I do twelve ounces of chicken. Yeah, that shit's gonna take a while yep. to clear out. You're gonna be digesting that for ninety fucking minutes mm-hmm. for two fucking hours. Right, I dude, fuck that. And by the time that comes around, you have to eat again. Yeah, I would rather you do like you know so you guys listening. Seven ounces chicken, the rest protein shake, like something like that's going to be much, much, much easier. But again, it's like just like with Brandon, just like with me, like whatever you're finding is working. Mm-hmm. Just stick with it. Like be consistent with it time over time. But I promise you, you can push your protein intake higher. And I would encourage you if, if your goal is to be a better bodybuilder, a better competitor, push your protein intake higher. Like, dude, you're. It's not fucking up your kidneys. I can fucking promise you that. It's not. That's not what. Especially as a fucking bodybuilder, like goddamn, if that's what you're worried about with your kidneys, <laughs> your worries are vastly misplaced. So episode 120, I hope you guys learned something today. I will see you next time.